all of you here this morning. Um, I know we have a special guest that will be coming in. Uh, Major Jose Gonzalez will be joining us this morning for worship, so he'll probably be coming in shortly. Um, so um, there's a lot of things to pray about. Um, obviously, as you just heard, pray for uh, Debbie's brother as he has a continues to recover from the terrible accident. So we need to pray for her nephew as well. Um, and just pray for us here as we uh, get prepared to transition into the new division uh, for Indiana as more and more things are coming down the pipeline, more logistics that needs to be worked out. And pretty much uh, me and Lieutenant Abby's calendar has already been thrown out the window <laughs> multiple times. So, uh, so just pray for us. Pray that we will find rest, that, we will, uh, that God will continue to provide us strength that we need to continue moving forward as we are excited of what's been happening here. So uh, with that, let's go on ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to begin our lesson. Our dear and gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for this day that you have given us to come together as a family and as your church, Lord. Father, as we uh, lift up these prayer requests to you, uh, Father, may you uh, take the time to be with those individuals that we have just mentioned, Lord, that you will lay your precious and healing hand on them, that you will comfort them and guide them and be around those, uh, those who are uh, helping uh, Miss Debbie's brother and his, uh, and her nephew, uh, that you yes. would surround the doctors with knowledge and love and strength, uh, Lord, to help them in their time of need. Father, I just ask that you just be with all of us here this morning, Lord, as we come together to learn more about you and what you have in store for us. So, Father, may we, uh, may our eyes be open, may our hearts be in tune to you. May our minds be ready to receive you this morning as we dive into your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, this morning we're going to be on week two. Uh, our scripture for today comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. And uh, that is John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Uh, and the bottom line, the theme to this lesson is because of the resurrection, uh, we can... We can know we matter. Uh, we can know we matter. So uh, let's go on ahead and watch the video, and then we're going to open up uh, for discussion and questions. Is the volume okay for everyone? So when I was a kid, my family moved to a new town right before I entered middle school. What a weird time for me. Moving to a new town with new people right before middle school. I think we can all agree that middle school is not the most pleasant experience. Your body's changing, you're awkward, the kids around you are awkward, it's just awkward in general. And not only was I entering middle school, I also didn't know a single person. So initially, I felt uncomfortable everywhere I went. I'd walk the halls of school and feel like everybody was looking at me, the new kid. I wasn't the one who was good at sports or the one who's funny or the band guy. No, I was simply the new kid. My voice was probably cracking too, but I've blocked most of that out during that time. Now, it seemed like everyone else was observing me and deciding if they would allow me in or not. I felt like a fish in an aquarium. 
Everybody watched from the outside, but no one was in there with me. But now this feeling isn't unique to middle school, right? Adult life often mimics middle school. In fact, a lot of us probably feel this way today. Does it matter if I'm here? Does anyone care what I think? Does anyone notice who I truly am? Now you may be thinking, okay, hey, we're getting a little existential here, but the truth is all of these feelings are about our existence, right? Do we matter? Does what I say matter? Does anyone know me? These questions cut to the very core of our identity and feelings of worth. And we may experience these thoughts in all kinds of circumstances. Uh, maybe for you at work, you've been doing the same job for years. Or maybe you're one of the older people on your team and you wonder, do people really care what I think? Am I valued here? Or maybe you feel this way in your group of friends. You're pretty well liked by everyone in the group and you're included in everything that happens socially, but you still sometimes wonder how much you're valued by these friends. And we can even feel this way in our closest relationships. Maybe you have a good marriage or dating relationship, but sometimes you wonder how much you really matter to the other person. Your bosses, your friends, your partners, your family members. In each of these relationships, we may question if we ultimately have value to that other person or group of people. Whenever we feel like we're overlooked or ignored, it's easy to become discouraged, right? If we feel like nobody's listening, why bother speaking? If nobody's paying attention, does it really matter what we do? Well, today we're going to look at someone from the Easter story who experienced these kinds of feelings, of feeling less than, of feeling insignificant and their world and culture. But as we see, her encounter with Jesus showed her a powerful truth that can impact us as well. Now, in this series, we're celebrating the good news of Easter and what it means for our lives. To do that, we're talking about people who encountered Jesus after his resurrection and experienced a different life and perspective after that pivotal event their afterlife changed. Now the first four books of the New Testament are accounts of Jesus' life by four different people. We call these books the Gospels. And these accounts mention a few different women named Mary. There's Mary who was the mother of Jesus. Then when Jesus was dying on the cross, two other Marys are mentioned as well. One of these women was named Mary Magdalene. Now the Bible doesn't tell us much about Mary Magdalene, but one thing we know for sure is that she was a committed follower of Jesus. In fact, her name is mentioned more than any other woman who wasn't in Jesus' family. The Gospels mention her on 12 different occasions. Luke tells us that she traveled with Jesus and helped support his ministry financially. He also mentioned that Mary had seven demons driven out of her by Jesus, which, yes, sounds crazy. But this last detail gives us some possible insight into Mary's life prior to meeting Jesus. First, the idea of Mary having demons most likely made her an outcast in society. Second, women in that time period were often considered and treated as second-class citizens, all of which no doubt affected how she measured her value in the world. It's probably safe to say that Mary understood what it felt like to be ignored and overlooked, but here's why we're talking about her today. All four Gospels record that Mary Magdalene was present when Jesus died on the cross. Three of the four Gospels note she was there at Jesus' burial, and all four say that she was the first to see Jesus after he had come back to life. The Gospel of John tells us that on the third day after Jesus' death, Mary got up, went to the tomb. But when she got there, the large stone that covered the entrance to the tomb had been rolled away. Now did Mary immediately think, well of course he's gone, he's alive. No, 
She assumed someone had disturbed the grave and took his body. So she went straight to Peter and another disciple to tell them, and they all ran to the tomb. Now, sure enough, Mary was right. The stone was gone. The body was gone. All that was left were Jesus' grave clothes. Now, the other disciples left to go tell the others, but Mary stayed where she was, right by the tomb. As if the sadness of losing Jesus wasn't enough, now there was the added trauma of his body being taken or moved. And then John recorded this. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So, on the day Jesus defeated death, proving God's love is bigger and stronger than anything else, Mary was the first person to see him. And that was a big deal. Because in the first century, a woman was not considered a reliable witness. She couldn't testify in court. Her word was not trusted over a man's, and yet, throughout the Gospels, at the cross, at the tomb, and on Easter morning, it was a woman who saw Jesus first, who recognized him, and who was entrusted with telling others. While the rest of the world saw women as unreliable and inferior and untrustworthy, Jesus saw something different. He valued and elevated women even when the rest of the world didn't. Jesus made the decision to trust Mary with the news of his resurrection. He knew Mary and called her by name. He chose her to be the person, the first person, to share the good news. And while others considered Mary a small player in life, Jesus wrote her in as a major character. Jesus made sure Mary knew that she had value and that her word could be trusted. Even as the world was sending Mary one message, Jesus sent another. And if Mary wondered who she could believe, if she wondered if she had value, the resurrection of Jesus gave him all the credibility in the world. So no matter what messages Mary heard from the world, because of the resurrection, Mary knew that what Jesus said mattered most. And Jesus said that Mary mattered. And during this season, we celebrate an event that happened 2,000 years ago a day that changed the world. But on the first Easter morning, that event was seismic to everyone who knew Jesus. His coming back from the dead proved that he is who he says he is and that his words matter. In a culture where Mary would have heard again and again that she just wasn't enough, that she didn't have credibility, and that she should stay on the edges where she belonged, Jesus made sure the message she got from him was different. And the same is true for you and me. Because of the resurrection, we can know we matter. 
See, just like Mary mattered to Jesus, so do you. When he said her name, he said your name too. He said the name of people who feel overlooked and unseen or forgotten. He said the name of people who feel like our part in the story doesn't matter. Because of Easter, because of the resurrection, Mary knew that what Jesus said could be taken seriously. She experienced Jesus' words firsthand and what he did firsthand. And then she passed on the good news to the rest of the disciples. And consider this, thousands of years later, as we celebrate the good news of Jesus' resurrection, Mary was the first to carry that news to the world. So this Easter, consider this powerful message and truth. You are seen, you are known, you are loved, and you are important. Jesus says so. If we wonder if we can take Jesus seriously, Easter is a reminder that we can. He defeated death. And when someone defeats death, you can trust what they have to say. You matter. And the person next to you matters. When we live like this is true, our lives will look so different. And the lives of people we know and interact with will look so different too. So today, think about this. How do you view yourself? How do you treat yourself? And this isn't some self-care Instagram post. It's a reality in which we can live because of Easter, because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of his resurrection. We can know that we have value. The events during Easter were the result of the immense value God places on humanity, and that includes you too. But also consider how you view and treat other people. Do you act like they matter? Do you act like they have value? Just as Easter is a time to reflect on God's great love for each of us personally, it's important to remember that he values every other person in this world as well with a love that's just as personal. When we encounter the Jesus who loved and valued us so much that he died for our sins, it shouldn't only change how we value ourselves, it should change how we view and value other people as well. So this week, allow this truth to sink into your heart. You matter. You have value. And so does everyone you meet. Ask God to use this truth to change how you see yourself and others. What would change in your life if you really believed that you matter to God? Would you be more confident? Would you be more intentional in your relationships? Would you care less about what other people say about you? This week, think about what could change in your life if you really believe that you matter to God because of the resurrection. Mary knew that she mattered, which completely changed her afterlife. And the same is true for us. When you realize just how valuable you are to God, your life after Jesus will never be the same. Just uh, one little thing before we get started. Can I just say power to the women? Amen. Mary, the first witness to share with others the great Amen. news. Can I just say that? Amen. Power to the women. So, okay, Brother Derek, go ahead. Power to the women. Hallelujah. Well, let's get right into the questions. What's the first one? What events or circumstances causes kids to feel like they are forgotten about or don't matter to someone. Think of a time when you felt as though you didn't matter to someone. 
Why did you feel that way? How did you respond? Did things change? If so, what caused the change? Wow, that's a long that's question. question. That's a paragraph. Yes, it is. What <laughs> event will make a child feel like they don't matter? And what made you feel that you didn't matter in your life? Okay, everybody got that question? Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll begin. So like <laughs> on a kid's standpoint, I know uh, most of the time when kids feel they're forgotten, is uh, through times of divorce. Um, mm. You know, when when the mom and dad's not getting along and then they agree to terminate their relationship, uh, the, the kid feels like uh, that it's taken, uh, that it was their fault, you know, or um, that while mom and dad's working it out, the kid is kind of just pushed off to the side and that's how the kid feels. Um, through divorces. Um, so divorces is definitely one. Uh, for me personally, uh, it's um, whenever you face opposition, uh, you feel like you don't matter, no matter how many times you try to tell the truth. And then people don't believe you. Okay. Did you put an answer down, uh, Miss Debbie? Yes, I did. When I was growing up with my adoptive parents, I felt that when it came to my dad that I didn't matter to him because my sister did better in school than me. Okay. And I ran away home twice because of him. Okay. I mean, he, he showed my sister more love than he did me. Okay. Miss Pammy? Um, when <coughs> I was growing up, it was all about you have to get the great grades, you have to be perfect in every way type thing. And my sister, she was just the opposite. She was involved with drugs and stuff like that and I kept thinking why are you being so mean to her you know so I would try to be step in and try to you know I was more the mom figure and trying to step in and you know well don't be mean don't be mean to her let's you know let's be nice and see what's going on and then I would get the brunt of the thing and if my grades weren't absolutely perfect it was like, well, you're not going anywhere, you're not doing anything, and then it, I don't get this, you know. And, I, and then I became rebellious and not wanting to come home, and I would stay at a friend's house, and it was just a mess. And then it just, our family was not, you know, it wasn't one of these, everybody thinks that family's such a perfect little bond type thing. Not in my house. So that was, you know. I mean, my dad worked very nice, and my mom was crying all the time, so it was not that perfect little family that everybody thought we were. Mm. So I was one of those, when I have my kids, or this and that and the other thing, everything's going to be, well, like, God, show me in a hurry. That was, that was not what that was. Okay. So, yeah. All right. 
Tommy, you got anything? Okay. You ain't got nothing character? All right. Miss Vanessa, you got anything? Okay. You got anything? Yes, I do. Um, uh, I felt as a kid that I was adopted. And I felt as though I wasn't loved or wanted because I always noticed out of the five children, I was number four, the oldest, but I was always treated differently. I always got whoopings and beaten, and I was given away three or four times, and I always wanted, as such a little girl, like seven, eight, nine, why was I given away? Uh, you know, it was, it was a lot that was there in my life. I was dissected by my mother and my sister. Uh, and I almost died uh, because I set up infection in my intestines where they had cut my intestines out because I was left-hand and um, from Kingston, Jamaica, so they told me that I was evil and because uh, I was left-hand, the devil was in me. I went through a lot. I just felt so hated and disliked. What changed my life was uh, to learn about Jesus at an early age in my life. And learning about Jesus, I understood the type of love that God wanted us to be just the opposite of. So I learned how to, because I was I had turned so bitter that I didn't trust anyone. And right now, to this day, it's hard for me to really have trust in people because you could trust people and think people are one thing and they are totally the opposite. They are another. And I've learned that sometimes you can't. But I have also learned not to judge a person, you know, because that would be wrong for me to do. But although, um, um, and then uh, during the time that my children were born, uh, I think Derek can testify to that. I always go to him and tell him, well, you know, some things that went bad in my marriages. Just my Derek is my third marriage, and I tell Derek, I said, sometimes you know, people don't know what going in your house or your home once you leave. A church setting is is different. And I said, I believe that the husband, my, my kids' fathers, the husbands that I have had in my life, sometimes you could bring your kids up around so much fussing and fighting and arguing. And my kids had to see me go through the abuse. And, and I tell Zachariah and Karen tonight, don't, don't beat. Don't hit your wife. Don't beat your wife. I'm praying now that the Lord sends Zachariah a good wife when he get older because I didn't want my boys to think that that was something that they were supposed to do is be abusive because that's all they, that's all my children. And I'm still asking you all to pray for my family now because that's all my children has ever seen. That's all they've ever really been around is abuse. But they have a godly mother and, and right, a godly father right, to find an right. example. And then my so. family, my family didn't care for my kids because my children are, uh, they have white in them. So they didn't care for my kids. So my kids were mistreated and called out of their names. And so it, it was a lot there, but I just thank God that he is who he is. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a lot more, but I don't want to elaborate mm -hmm. on it. So God matters. Yes, he God, does. Yes, God he does. give us an opportunity to matter. All right. What's the second question then? Why so, do you think God chose Mary Magdalene to be the first? Eyewitness uh -oh. of Jesus' <laughs> resurrection. All right. What did you put down, Miss Debbie? 
she and she stood outside the tomb and she wept. She stood outside the tomb and wept. All right. Because of her deep love for God. Because of what you say, Lieutenant? I think um, it was her calling in life. Mm -hmm. God has a plan. God yes, has a does. purpose. Mm -hmm. He uses every single one of us, no matter who we are or how we may look towards others. He had a special mission for her. Yes, he did. To share the greatest news in the world. Mm -hmm. Because he knew that she was the one to share that mm -hmm. message. Okay. And so... That was God's plan That's for her, right. and God. she did it. Okay, okay. I think that she was committed. He saw, because God knows before anybody or anything, mm -hmm. I think that he saw that she was very committed, and he knew she would be. She was grateful. Uh, yeah. She believed in him, uh, and she was obedient. Yeah. And that's why I and, said at and, the beginning. Yeah, power because to the women. she she knew that God <laughs> she knew happened. that God mattered and that He had grateful value in her when He chose her to yep. be the one. So she knew these things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pammy, you got anything? I just think that He chose her because she showed like just an unbelievable faith. You know, where other yeah. ones were doubting yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff like that. She never, never wavered in her faith. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. right. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. Anybody else got anything? No? Okay, all right. What's that next question, Sister Devin? What does it mean to you that you matter to God? How does it impact the way you live your everyday life? Oh, what, a good question. what does it mean that you matter to God and how does it change your well, everyday Well, with me, walk? I saw that even though I might not have mattered to nobody else in, in this world but my children. I knew my kids loved me. Mm -hmm. But even though I may not have mattered to no one else in this world, like I said, when I learned about Jesus, I knew that I mattered to him. And the way it has impacted my life, it has helped me to be able to accept and love the unlovable. Because some people just seem like they are so unlovable to other people. Those people you can't help but accept the love because you know the position that you were once in before you met Christ. Okay. So it brought love out of you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Brother Tommy, you got anything? He's a big man upstairs. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Tommy. That's good. Big man upstairs. <laughs> that you can't argue with at all. That's right. That's the big upstairs. Everybody else, brother character, you got anything? Okay. <laughs> he's been working hard. Yeah, he's, he's been, been working, working hard. real hard. He's been working hard. He has so many hours put in. If, <laughs> he said he passed. He yeah. passed. If I may, I, I do want to answer this question. Okay. Because this question highlights, for me personally, my whole testimony in my own life. All right. Uh, what does it mean to you that you matter to God? It means yeah. everything. That's right. Okay. Amen. Um, you know, I, again, just... 
Long story short, going through life, uh, ever since I was born, I was always faced with a lot of difficulties earlier on. I was a deaf mute uh, for my first couple of years, and then I had learning disabilities, and basically all those things piled up where they, they would, um, you know, where teachers would tell me I, I wouldn't amount to anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even people, and I began to believe in that defeat. I began to, uh, I began to feel more like, oh, what can I do? You know, I'm just going to live life as it is and just do the bare minimum and just go on ahead. Mm-hmm. But, the, but then God showed me the potential that I had. And let me tell you, it was far different than what the world That's portrayed right. me Amen. as. Amen. Like, I am his child. I am something worthwhile. You know, I am meaning something. Hello. Hi! Oh my goodness, this is one of the greatest majors of life here. How are you? Good morning. Good. Would you like to join us? Thank you. Come join us. Come join us. Oh man, I haven't seen him in so long. He's known me since I was a little kid. Uh, But, anyways, but, um, you know, being accepted by God means everything. You know, it, it gave me the confidence, the power. To and, and more importantly, the desire to keep moving forward uh, with God, right. you know, because God continues to amaze me of all the things that He's done through my life, and I just pray that that this question, as we ask ourselves this, that we realize and know the freedom that we have in That's Christ right. and yeah, the yeah. potential that we have in life for all of us here, right. uh, because it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it is true. God has wonderful things for each and every one of us. It just takes us to seek it and to see it and allow our lives to to be that and allow Christ to work in our lives. Yep. So I'm Amen. sorry. That's all right. all right. This is just an important question that I want all of us yeah. to get. <laughs> so. So, so, so the question again is, read the question one more time. Yeah, what does it mean to you that you matter to God? How does it impact the way you live your everyday life? Anybody else? Miss Vanessa, you got anything? No. Okay. What about the major? He walked right in on this one. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, how, uh, what does it mean to you that you matter to God? How does it impact the way you live your life every day? What, what impacts me? Uh, number one, what I mean to, what the, uh, 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 you know, that I am his creation. One. Um, I am God say I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is marvelous to know that God created me in his own image. Amen. Mm-hmm. I, I am, am, and then have to impact by my living and by my life, it must be a testimony, right? Mm-hmm. Where I live, not only what I say, you know, but That's right. my life, you know, the way I live, it will impact other people. People will want to, to follow the, the God, the Christ that I follow. But they will see something in me in my life. Mm-hmm. So if they're in darkness, they will want to come into the light. So you as a Christian must always you shine, right? So that you can impact other people mm-hmm. and take people out of darkness and bring them into the marvelous light. Amen. Mm, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. That was that was a great answer. Uh, what what's our next question? Think about someone 
who matters deeply to you, perhaps your spouse or a child, what price would you pay to show them how much they matter to you? Now think about the cross. What does that tell you about how much you matter to Jesus? And I put, I would die for my kids and grandkids and great-granddaughter because Jesus died for my sins. All right. Read that question one more time. Think about someone who matters deeply to you, perhaps your spouse or a child. What price would you pay to show them how much they matter to you? Now think about the cross. What does that tell you about how much you matter to Jesus? Hmm, okay. So what price would you show about somebody that you care about deeply? And then think about the cross and see how much that you mattered to Christ. Hmm. Now that's a powerful question. Powerful question. Miss Pammy, did you put something down for that? I didn't, but it is a very powerful question. This, this world is fleeting and nobody knows how much time we really have. But... As a mother, I would do anything in my power for my children. Um, and I know that I fail Jesus every day. Uh, you know, as much as I try to live the life that I know that he would want me to be. Because even though if you think about something that you know is not right, even if you think about it, you've already sinned. And... I'd like to say no, I don't think about it, but yes, I do, you know. Um, and I fail him daily, and that just breaks my heart. I mean, it really does. But I try to do what I know is right, and that's it. When you see that and you read it, you know, it breaks my heart. I, all I can say is I try to do the best I can. And I know as a person, I have to get better every day. Every day. I have to try to do better than I did yesterday. Amen. Tomorrow I have to do better than I did today. Yeah. Amen. fits right into the time in which we're in right now. Yes, sir. And then you mentioned the cross. Yes. We will look at the cross. We are reminded of Christ's love. Right? And the thought about these things are love. You, you love your spouse. You love your children. You love them. And if God loves us because we are his children, he cares about us. That is why he, he sent his son Jesus Christ Amen. to die for us. It wasn't a, a lip love, but, you know, but it was really love in action. Mm. And we are to love our people, our family, our children, our spouse, people on a whole. We are to love them genuinely. Yes. Right? Mm. And because love can be felt. 
Mm-hmm. It's an action word. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get up every day and say, say to my wife, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But if you won't get up and find a job to take care of you, I love my family. But at the same time, you have to get up in the morning, find a job to support, to take care of your family. That is real love. If a father gets up every morning and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you, and uh, there is great needs at home, like the way to pay, food to be to be to be bought, uh, clothes for your kids. You gotta get up and show them that you really love them. Just as though God sent his son, only son, to die for our sin. The that question is really a, a the, the, the real answer to that is a surrounded love. Yes it is. Mm-hmm. Real love. Yes it is. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, really, really mm. yes. Got something? Mm. You got yeah, something? Yeah, I agree with him also. You got something, Mrs. Hill? I think that uh, the major has said it all. He yeah. said exactly some things that um, I, I would have said also for myself. Okay. Yeah, so I, I agree. The power of love yes. can do incredible mm-hmm. things. Uh, just knowing that he loved you that much yes. to go up on that cross to suffer the most painful death in humanity, hanging up there when he could have had the power to to say mm-hmm. no to that, but he chose to stay with it so that you can have life. Yeah, That's love. That is literally that that that's love, and that's love is what can set people free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the next question? Knowing how much you matter to God, are there changes you need to make in your life to show Him how much He matters to you? If so, what are they? Hmm. Oh. Now we're gonna do some telling. <laughs> Knowing how much you matter to God, is there any changes in your life to prove that? And we was just talking about how much He loves you. So, how much do you love Him? I would take anything or even anybody out of my life that I feel like would interfere or interrupt the love in the relationship that I have with Christ. And when I say take people out, I don't mean to stop loving them the way Christ wants me to, but I mean sometimes you have to put a different, you have to separate yourself from some things and some people in order to show God how much that you love him. So it's a lot of things in your life that could interfere with with um, your communicating and, and your love for Christ and people. Sometimes it's like somebody can just come in your life and pull you down because then you start focusing more on people more than you do Christ. So I think that that's what I say. And going on top of that, just keeping your relationship with him strong. Yes. You know, yes, get rid of the toxic things yes. that are affecting your relationship with Christ but also taking the time to spend time with him to yes. strengthen your relationship. Uh, just reading your Bible, praying every day, um, coming 
uh, with fellowship of other believers to share uh, and, and to share and encourage one another mm-hmm. and uplift one another. You know, um, taking the time to nurture your faith and your your growth in Christ and walk with Him daily yeah. uh, to keep that relationship strong. Miss mm. Debbie, you you put something down for that one. Yeah, I put I need to pray more and read the Bible more. Okay. We need to grow more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But it's for also for transformation. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to change. That's right. And only the Holy Spirit can change us. Because the devil, the devil is not like. That's right. He is a roaring lion. lion. That's uh, right. Uh, Amen. He's not like. Don't he put that. I don't I think what that word like. He's, he's a roaring lion seeking who may devour. That's right. As soon as you get up here. As soon as you get up from this Bible study and go into that room, the devil is right here. That's right. Waiting. Yes, he is. Yes. So he's he's the devil is alive. But we don't have to be. We don't have to. We don't have to 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 go under. You know, let him dominate us. That's right. Because we are victorious. Amen. God that we serve is victorious. Thank God, Easter is coming. Yeah. Today is Palm Sunday. I often say, thank God for Christmas. Amen. That's <laughs> right. Amen. If it hadn't been Christmas, there would be no Good Friday. Mm-hmm. That's right. No Very Good good. Friday, no Easter. <laughs> yeah. No resurrection. That's right. Mm-hmm. The only leader, religious leader today that is alive is Jesus Christ. That's Amen. right. All other than him. That's right. Amen. Amen. There's no, no tomb. No, 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 no bones. No, no nothing. I've been to Israel, gone into the empty tomb. Nobody is there, no tomb, no nothing. Muhammad is dead. All the prophets are dead. But he said, a risen Savior. That's right, amen. A risen Savior. But that don't mean because we are children of God and we are striving, we want to serve him, that means that the devil, the devil is right there. Yes, he is ready to knock you down. Yes, he That's is. Right. And somebody got to come alongside you, whether your wife, your, your brother, your son, somebody got to come back and say, come on, get up. That's right. Don't let him dominate you. That's right. Tell the devil you are a liar. <laughs> Amen. Send him back to the place of hell. That's right. And leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. All right. 
Debbie, do we got another question? What can What can you do this week to show someone in your life they matter to God? Mm. And I would tell them that God died for them on the cross to forgive them of their sins. All right. Anything else we can do? Careful, Mike. Just spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. All right. And be that light, a testimony. Be that, that's right, be that testimony. Yeah, be that testimony. Yeah. All right. Amen. Show that's them. right. Okay. Anything Go, else? Going up off of that by showing them, love them. That's right. Love them. Yeah. Love them. Okay. Love, love them. them. All right. All right. Just as Christ loves us. All right. And loves everyone else. That's right. All right. Love them. All right. Is that all of them? Yep. Yeah, that is. What? It's good discussions. Remember, we are imperfect people. All of us here are imperfect. Mm-hmm. We're not one perfect person here. If I was to say that I'm, I'm a major for 40 years and I'm perfect, no. Keep That's right. Still learning. Still striving. Until that day when he takes me home. Amen. That's what I always Amen. tell my kids every day. I tell my children. And, and my grandson said, now this is my daughter, that's my son, this is my daughter-in-law, that's my grandbaby. I tell them every day we are just learners. We are growing. We must continue to learn That's to grow. Nobody is perfect. And I told them don't forget that till the day we depart this life and go to heaven with the Lord. We are just learning. Not to bring this person into it, but Hannah Montana got it right when she wrote, Nobody's perfect. I yep. gotta work it again yep. and again till I get it right. <laughs> That's right. Sorry I had to. <laughs> Encourage him. Encourage him. I, I feel good when I came in this morning and he was happy to see me. questions i guess we got time to close out in prayer and just fellowship amen major would you close us out in prayer oh god our loving heavenly father how grateful we are that we can come before the throne of grace we thank you lord for watching over us during the midnight hour and for waking us up this morning in our right minds thank you for the gift of a new day, for all that this day has in store for us. We thank you for this opportunity whereby we can come and sit and, 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 and look into your word and your word come alive each time we look into it. We thank you for each person here today and we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to understand your will for our lives. We thank you for this very special Sunday when we are reminded of your triumphant entry into, into Jerusalem. We pray, oh God, that you will ride right into us, yes. into our hearts and into our lives. And as we step into this holy week and reminded of your life, death, and resurrection, we pray that the resurrected Christ will be resurrected in our hearts and in our lives. Bless, the, bless our meeting and use us, use everything to bring glory to your name and to draw your people closer to you. Hear our prayers and meet our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so we got about 11 minutes.